We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, patrons. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for a year-end edition. Year-end bonus edition of the Knicks Film School um, Patreon podcast. He was gone for a week. He had to take care of some business. I think that business was basically him being sick. Yes. I think, he, I think he's... Have you, have you taken care of said business, Andrew Claudio? I've taken care of said family business, Mr. Macri. And thank you to Chris for filling in last week. Thank you to uh, Derek Rose for breaking news during Patreon, which is, I would have loved to be there to react to it, but I obviously could not. And uh, thank you as always for, for manning the fort, as you always seem to do. And I'm excited to be here to wrap up the year. Yeah. Um, so we were... Full disclosure, we were going back and forth on like what we wanted this episode to be because we were like, all right, we, we've been doing, uh, you know, going through the the cycle of, of going through the league with all NBA and awards and power rankings. But we want to do one of those per month. And we've done all of those already for the month of December. And we had this episode and this episode came at the end of the year. So we knew we wanted to do something to like commemorate the end of 2021 in the beginning of 2022. So I, I was, we, I don't think we, we quite knew exactly what we wanted to be. We settled on something that we're, so we're going to do a little bit of a look back, a little bit of a look forward, but I'm excited to kind of, I'm excited to ref, reflect back, but I find myself even more excited to look forward because I feel like the NBA is just so freaking unpredictable that, I mean, if we would have done this pod a year ago, Right. So mm-hmm. that would have meant the 2020, 21 season had just gotten started because they got started. It was just a couple of days before Christmas, right? 22nd. Yeah. It was opening. It was tip off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if we would have tried to do like a predictions pod, would anybody, would we have predicted that like the Bucks were going to win the championship? Would we have predicted? Well, maybe we would have predicted that James Harden was going to get traded to. Well, yeah, well, traded. I don't know where to. I think Philly actually would have been my my safer bet because I thought Brooklyn had 
had gotten their two guys already. Yeah. We thought the Philly thing hadn't. We all, I think we all thought a year ago, the Philly thing was never going to work. The Embiid and Simmons, that there was a cap on what that could accomplish. Um, yeah. Plus the Maury connection made a ton of sense. Would we have predicted that the Cleveland Cavaliers would draft a potentially generational big man and uh, run roughshod over the league, and at least in comparison to like where expectations were to start man, this year? Man, every time I refresh the the NBA advanced stats page, and they're just like their net rating keeps getting higher. Lost today. We're recording this at 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Yeah. Missing Garland, but also like just lost Ricky Rubio. Also the the Wizards, the team that they played uh, didn't have a Spencer Dinwiddie. So you almost wonder if everybody was kind of playing man down and out of sorts tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, You know, and like even like other stuff like the, the, what's gone on with the Bulls, the summer they had, like, actually, if we were recorded this year ago, the Bulls hadn't even traded for, for Vooch. Nope. Yeah, the the Bulls had, were just like we might have know. thought that they would have traded Levine before <laughs> the end of the year at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, they were they were the team we were circling about like, oh yeah, who who's the next superstar to go? Uh same with Beal for that matter, I guess. If the um, question that you're hinting at is like what was the most surprising thing about Yeah, that's that is what I'm hinting at. It's the fact that the Phoenix Suns are now contenders. I thought Chris Paul would have helped. I thought they were a playoff team. I think a lot of people had them five or six and they made the finals. Well, granted with some injury luck and this season, they're right there with the Warriors for best record in the league in like a tier of their own. Well, well the Jazz, if you look at net rating are the actual two teams up yeah. there. Um, regardless, the Suns are now contenders. They're a team we have to take seriously. Something we didn't have for a while before that. It is the biggest surprise in the league, especially since they got started. They were four and four to begin last year, mm-hmm. last season, excuse me. Um, you know, coming off eight, no in the bubble um, for what it's worth, I guess. Um, so that's or whatever it's worth. Yes. <laughs> for whatever, whatever, it's whatever worth. you apply to that. Yes. Um, I guess the only other thing I'll throw in there in terms of surprises, like, is there anybody who you look at the year they've had and you're like, the la- again, the last calendar year that they've had, and you're like, wow, that's a real disappointment. I have, I have two teams in mind. Can you guess the two teams that I have in mind? Disappointment. Um, yeah. Well, th- this year's the obvious one. And again, this is an NBA pod, not a Knicks pod, so we won't be talking about our team. Yeah. The disappointments with that. Disappointments that come with that. No, but, it, uh, but hold on, they don't qualify because if we were recording this pod exactly a year ago. Oh yeah. And somebody would have been like. Uh, in the next calendar year, the Knicks will win. What are we? What are we? We're two games under 500 right now. Or are we a one game? game. Un- 17, one- 18. Great. One game I- off of last year's pace. Yeah, I was about, well, I was about to say, in, but for the whole year, I'm trying to remember what they started out like, whatever. The Knicks will be seven or eight games over 500 for the calendar year. You would have been like, what? Excuse me. What? Mm-hmm. If you don't count uh, the, the, the playoffs, which so we'll, we'll ignore. For, I got you for the year. It's a, it's a, Full, full, uh, not disappointment, but a surprise for the Knicks. Um, the Lakers have to be your disappointment then. Okay, so three. I almost put the Lakers in their own category because they're so fucking funky. The two teams that I was going to say were the Dallas Mavericks okay. and the Pelicans. Oh, see, the Pelicans have so much institutionally wrong with them that I'm not as I'm not as surprised. I think maybe they probably should be better than how bad they are, but you know the. We we watched what incompetent ownership will lead no, to. 
I know. And what the wrong person in charge can lead to. And they just haven't seemed to get it right for a couple of years now. But like Luca entered last season as the MVP favorite. He entered this season as the MVP favorite. They're currently sitting in eighth, two games under 500. And the Pelicans, like, don't forget, they were scheduled for a Christmas Day game last year. Mm-hmm. Like they were supposed to be the next big thing. And obviously it's gone kind of sideways. So, yeah. Um, okay. So the other, so other things that we are, uh, I'm, th- I, so let's start with this. I'm thankful uh, over the last year that um, we are not in the situation that the Pelicans are in other things that I will remember fondly from the last year. Let's, let's go to that. Um, Can I throw you a quirky one? Sure. I love the fact that we got to see, and it's sad that it just ended because of the injury. We got to see Kevin love Ricky Rubio 2.0. This is such a deep cut because you have to be like an insane basketball fan to remember 1.0, but no, they were a real thing. In Never, Minnesota, they were okay. The keyword in Minnesota. You mean to have been a league pass savant to remember the Ricky Rubio, <laughs> I don't even Kevin know. Love? Do they have league pass? Back then? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like it's it's the it's the Steph Curry draft with Ricky Rubio, and that I think was a lot of the things they were known for. And then LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Kevin Love's goes to Cleveland with them, and that you know ended the first round of the Kevin Love Ricky Rubio thing that whether or not people remembered that there was a Kevin Love Ricky Rubio thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's very fair. Um, Very true. I, speaking of Kevin Love, Mm -hmm. um, this is tangentially related because uh, Andrew Wiggins was part of that trade. Um, I'm not going to say the redemption of Andrew Wiggins is something I'm going to remember about the year of our Lord 2021, Mm -hmm. but the Warriors, you know, becoming the Warriors again and like Steph kind of looking like Steph again is, I think, something that I will take with me from this year. Yeah, the there's this two guys, I think, that have raised their stock in the all time convo. Doing that top 75 with you is really fun and forcing you to really debate the top 15, top 25 was really fun. Um, and the more I looked at it, how clear the top 15 players are it was oh, yeah. also kind of cool and how Giannis may be able to to jump up but realizing Steph is probably a top 10 player ever and this year probably solidifies it um well he's got to finish some things don't get me wrong but the impact at least is probably solidifies it more than anything else and then look we, we're gonna project into 2022 and whatever Giannis has in store for well, the rest that, of the league that but was my last one man seeing him take a leap into the pantheon of big men and what that could potentially mean where, like I said before the season, if he, if he goes through a couple of the the star studded rosters that are in the league right now and wins Milwaukee, a second championship and like is top three MVP wins a finals MVP. You're looking at a guy that probably should be mentioned in the Hakeem category for like top 15 ever. And I, I did not expect that a year ago today. Well, I, I would even go. I mean, you kind of nailed it. I would, but I would, I would not go a step further, but I would like how many times throughout over the last like 20 years or 30 years, have we seen a guy who very early on, there is clearly identified promise as like, oh, if this this guy has this guy has what it takes, and then 
follows through on that promise, gets the individual accolades, and then you watch this player who clearly has the ability to be the best player in the game, put it all together and win a championship. Mm. And it, it happens over the course of what had happened over the course of for Giannis is what, five, six, seven years, right? Like how often does that happen? How often do you get that moment where it's like, wow, it's really been six, seven years have been building up to this moment. And now we get to see it happen. Like Steph wasn't like that. Cause Steph was like, not like don't forget at four years after Steph's career, he signed up a, one of the most below market contracts in like the history of the sport. Like it was not, and then out of nowhere, it was like, oh, this guy's breaking basketball, and then he won the championship like that season. Yeah. Um the Steve Kerr hiring, I don't think anybody thought the Warriors are if so if I remember the true hoops and the the BS reports of the time, the conversation around the Warriors was like, there's a sneaky two seed potential in them yeah. this year. If, yeah. and this is the better part about the the revisionist history of the Warriors, if they trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love, and then you all of a sudden <laughs> shout out to Rallabab. Yes, you have a one-two punch <laughs> that'll make so they'll take over the league forever. Um, so I don't think people saw it, a 67 win team followed by a 73 win team, you know, over the next two seasons. Yeah, no. Steph, which, it, that, was, it, that was not it. To your point, we used to get it all the time. Like Michael progresses through the Pistons and the Celtics. Did we get it all the time? I feel like we got it with Michael. I don't the feel like, like that was the, the Pistons progressed. The um the Lakers had to eventually overcome the the Jazz and the Spurs, and then they got through the Blazers. You know, LeBron yeah. did it a different way. Which, I was about to like, say that's, Le- that's why that's why I said it's different now because LeBron had to get through the Celtics, and what he did was he went to Miami to get through the Celtics. I'm, you know, I'm literally looking at a list of the NBA, all of the NBA champions from the last 30 years, and I feel like the only real comp for what we saw from Giannis last year was was Jordan in terms of again this guy. Within a year, within the first year, you like again, Jordan. You, I mean, he became the most marketable player in sports probably within a year. Giannis wasn't wasn't to that mm-hmm. end, but like within a two three years, you're like, oh, this guy could win an MVP someday, and then he he won two MVPs and then won it, you know. But like you know, Tim t- Tim Duncan, it happened mm-hmm. much quicker. Kobe, it happened quick, and then he took a step back, and then he got back to that when he was older. Like Shaq, it was kind of more uneven. LeBron, as you just said, it was more uneven. You know, guys like Derek and, and KG, it took longer and a different route and everything. Like, yeah, it was just really cool to see in the way it happened, I think. It's not remembered as as the like his individual championship, but Isaiah getting it in 89 after going like all the 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 battles with the Celtics to get through them. Yeah. Then all the battles, the back-to-back years battling the Lakers to get through them. And then fending off the rise of Michael Jordan that took back-to-back seasons to win two championships, then leading to a third straight year beating the Bulls, which Jordan but there's so much that leap. You know, there's so much promise still here when when Isaiah won those championships. It was like, okay, nice now his uh, that's it. That's he's he's done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this also adds to comparing Michael Jordan to Giannis when we had, um, well, I'm blanking on his name right now from the Eurostep podcast. Um, the from the, the Eurostep, the, the 
Bucks pod that we had on. We the guy who works for Blue Wire. Guys, do not report back to Blue Wire that we're blanking on one of their higher ups names right now. But we had on a host of a Bucks pod. Yeah, no, I remember that. He but said what... like there is goat potential for Giannis. Oh, yes. If this yeah. is a run, he's about to go on. Where you saw the progression lead up to this to last season, and now it's his league for the next five or six years. That's so, that's on the table for Giannis. Should we get into predictions? Yes, let's do it. So we got five each, right? Oh, no. I You said you had five, and I was like, okay, you got five then, John. I'll react oh, okay. to your five. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I thought that it was... Because it was originally three. That's fine. And you were like, yeah, I'll do... I'll do That's uh, then another thing. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I guess John will do five and I'll just... I'll react to it. And make yeah, it no, that's fine. More conversational. <laughs> that's great. Uh, exceptional podcasting. There you um, go. So my first prediction is uh, perhaps unsurprising. I think the Bucks are going to win the championship this year. Okay. And I'll react with one of my own. Um, I think the Bucks are winning the championship this year. <laughs> You like them apples. There you go. Um, how do you think this is going to go? Um, because I think it could go a number of different ways. I think looking at the East right now, I, I think Miami will be heard from in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I could see Philadelphia being heard from in some way, shape or form after. And then, what? Yeah. After a trade. Yeah. Um, and maybe that'll be another prediction. Um, and then, and then obviously Brooklyn, I'll say this. I think the, the, the Bucks toughest test, and maybe this is disrespectful of Phoenix. I feel like the Bucks t- toughest test will once again, come in the Eastern conference. Like yeah. I don't, I don't see all due respect to golden state. I know you love you some clay Thompson. <laughs> You really do love you. Some I do Clay love Thompson. me some Clay Thompson. You do love you some Clay Thompson. I also don't think Clay Thompson's the X factor that it, that it'll matter as much. If it's it's the if he comes back and is Clay Thompson again, then it's different. I'm not. I need to see it first before I make any of those conclusions. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, for sure. I and but I think he is going to come back. I think he's going to be good. I still. I think the Bucks have. I think there's some now some institutional memory there. I like what they've put together. I like their core. Love me some Pat. Let me get sure I get the pronunciation right. Connaughton. There we go. He's learned. Everybody. I have learned. <laughs> was that that was on this podcast, right? Where I was. That was on the Patreon. Yeah. That was on the Patreon. Okay. Um, Bobby Portis, knowing your know your role. No, you're. I was looking at it. This is funny. I know no, no Nick's talk on here, but I was looking up uh, Julius Randle's advanced stats mm-hmm. uh, earlier today from this year. And uh, there's one, I forget if it's VORP or like wind shares per 48 or like box, but one of those, he's he's I, he's like 70 something in, in whatever the stat is. One spot below oh, Bobby no. Portis. Oh, they kept the wrong power forward. They kept the wrong power <laughs> forward. <laughs> Yeah, oh, they had so many and they kept the wrong one. Oh, that goodness summer. gracious. Um, yeah. yeah, well, road's not taken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get well, Julius. Max uh, contracts, Max contract, Bobby Porter. Max contract, Bobby Porter. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so, but I I mean, no, I, I feel, I don't know if my confidence level on this one is like a 10, but it's, 
It's more than a five. It's like maybe six, seven, bordering on eight. I, just, I do have a lot of confidence in Milwaukee and, and Giannis but in particular. I think, look, the, the overarching factor here is I don't see Kyrie playing a home game of that series. I don't think he's, whether, whether, we're not going to turn this into a vaccine conversation. I just don't ever think he's going to get vaccinated. So he's if not. the Bucks get home court in that series, which probably won't happen, um, then you're counting on Kyrie. It actually almost makes sense for them to not get home court. Like if they're the two or the three seed and then the conference finals, they don't have to face Kyrie for one, two, four, uh, one, two, five, and seven, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm factoring into this, that as currently constructed, Brooklyn like can't stop a big man, whether it's Embiid, whether it's Jokic, whether it's, Vucevic, they they can't stop a big man. So when they play Giannis, he's going to be able to average 35 and 15 a game. And that is not a recipe for beating the Bucks. And I, I that's why I think come playoff time, the, the Bucks, I think, will be able to get through the Nets. The Eastern Conference, like, so is it Philly that you think is the Eastern Conference team that can pose the most fight against them in like a, a second round matchup or something if Philly can get the three seed? So I don't, I don't know that Philly can get three seed and maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is a good lead into our next prediction. So right now Philly is again at, at press time uh, right now. I I can't believe I was rooting for the fucking nets in that game because if the nets had won, what? Yeah. What were you doing? Well, because if the nets had won, the Sixers would be, uh, the Knicks would only be a game back of the Sixers. Still only two two games in the loss column. Plenty of plenty of bad teams the Knicks are gonna play over the next eleven. We can catch up. I like laughing at Brooklyn. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um <laughs> twenty-three and ten, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Uh so the Sixers right now are five back of Brooklyn. They're four and a half back of Chicago. Like that they could make up that ground if they play well for the rest of the year. I think they do have it in them to play well, especially with Cle- Cleveland looking like now with Rubio down. Um you know, and I think he's a big part of what they did. Like there's some comeback to earth potential there. So like, let's say even Philly gets like, as they're currently constituted, they could get into the top. They could battle Miami for the four or five. Maybe they even get ahead of Chicago. We, we don't know. Maybe there's some regression in Chicago. So if they're in that top four is, I think that's, that's where they should look to. And then if they trade Ben Simmons, for something that helps them this season. Mm-hmm. Does that make them a real threat? I think this is where if you have a Ben Simmons trade as one of your bold predictions, we should segue into that. Cause then so we I, can add that to the conversation. I, I'm, I, I'll be, I'll be very honest. I struggle with this one mm-hmm. um, because I don't think, I do not think that there is an obvious trade on the board. And but at this at the same time, as we just were talking about on the on the town hall a little bit, the notion that that Daryl Morey is going to potentially waste a year of Joel Embiid's prime, and he is in his prime right now, and he is doing damage when he wants to. Um, in a year where, like, I don't know, as much as we just wax poetic about Milwaukee. Do we really think like the Bucks are some kind of unbeatable 
juggernaut or do we think anybody in the West is like some unbeatable juggernaut? Like, no, I don't think so. I think if Joel Embiid has the right lineup around him in the playoffs, like they could absolutely go on a run and and win the whole thing. Or at least Daryl Morey is correct to think that that is a possibility. But then you look around the league. So here are the candidates. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I will pick one of these, but the I just want to go through the candidates briefly. Okay. So the candidates for, and again, I'm I'm not saying it's a one for one trade. I'm just talking about like the candidates for who could potentially end up on the Sixers if a lot of other shit potentially happens. Russell Westbrook. Okay. Is is a is a guy. Is a guy. Yes. Is a is a guy. Um, Dejounte Murray. Is a is a guy. I don't think I don't think San Antonio would be in on Ben Simmons at the cost of Dejounte Murray, but I do want to just throw his name out there. Um, I do, again another guy. I don't think this is going to come to fruition, but I'll just throw the name Shea Gilders Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to save my last Western Conference uh, two two last Western Conference guys because I think they're the two most likely. Um, one of the Pacers centers. Um, I guess it would be Sabonis because Miles is a traditional five. So, but can Sabonis play four next to Embiid? I don't think so. Um, Joel, uh, Julius Randle, his name has to be mentioned. Um, and then I'm going to skip over another guy. I'll mention Bradley Beal again. Don't think it's likely. Mm-mm. And then I'll give you my. And then uh, can I, can I give it, can I say like, it's going to be one of these three guys. Okay. Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, Damian Lillard. I also would put it at those three guys. Can I just, I, can I eliminate who I don't. So Russ, there's a long standing beef with Embiid that, that just, I, I, in bringing Russ to go play with Embiid, Embiid would hate that. You don't, I just it wouldn't work. That's not the okay. guy you go get to play. I just don't think Russ and Embiid. Get Drummond along. is on the team. That is true, but that was always playful. Like, was it? They, yeah, Embiid was always like, "I'm better than you," and then Drummond, after a couple of years, like, "Yeah, you're probably better than me," and then he went to become his backup. Russ, legitimately, they had hands and then had a like stare down at the end of a game. Look, maybe as they get older, beef gets squashed. Russ is in his mid thirties. Now, so maybe maybe I don't think it's situation fit would work. I don't think that's the situation. I don't think it's a serious. I just I wanted to throw the name out there because of the contract and because like, but again, the Lakers don't have enough to incentivize the Sixers. The division rivals. I don't see Philly making another trade with Boston after the Fultz Tatum thing happened. I get it. Different regimes. I just, you got to think about your fan base being like, wow, we're really trading Ben to a division rival again. The last time we did that, Jason Tatum became a Celtic. I don't see that being the place they go to, to solve their problems. It's why Kyrie has never made sense. We're trying to beat the Nets. Why wouldn't we keep him in Brooklyn where he can never play a home game? I, I don't um, see Kyrie as a possibility. The other options, the DeJounte marries the the... Foxes, the SGAs, the anybody in Indiana. So I'll ask you, how much does the will Ben Simmons go play there conversation? I don't think element of it matter to you. I I think he'll play for any one of 29 other teams. It's literally just the Sixers. He won't play for. Yeah, I think he's out. I think he wants. out. If that's the case, then Sacramento, I think, is the, the lead candidate there. The article that came out 
from Woj a month ago, which we've kind of been kind of been sleeping on. Um, mm. At least we're not sleeping on Giannis. Sleeping on Woj, uh, not Giannis anymore. No, nope. uh, <laughs> where he he you know was like you know canvassing executives around the league. There's more. There would be more support for or more interest in the Portland job if they knew they could trade Dame than if they knew they had to re-sign Dame to another contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at press time, the Portland Trailblazers are uh, in twelfth, twelfth, twelfth place in the Western Conference. A half a, they are closer to the Pelicans. Actually, I'm sorry. I'll go one step further. They are as close to the Thunder as mm-hmm. they are to the Kings, who are in eleventh place and actively make their coach go up there on the podium and say, find different ways to say, I've never seen anything this bad in my 34 years of coaching an NBA basketball team. Um, that's where the, that's where the Blazers are right now. They lost again last night and it wasn't close They're They've lost three in a row. They are my God. They, I mean, they're a disaster. They have the fifth most win, fifth fewest wins in the NBA. That is bad. They're two and eight, and like they, like there is no scenario where the Trailblazers rebound to do anything this year. No one wants CJ McCollum. No one gives a shit or is going to make you give you a serious thing for Yusuf Nurkic and fucking uh, Robert Covington. Like you're not going anywhere. So if you're Dame, like don't. Like and, and and a new exec comes in and like all parties agree like hey we're like let's you know and I'm not saying like they're the ones to get Ben Simmons mm-hmm. but in some kind of a three way configuration where Portland gets like young players and or assets um, or picks rather I would I would say Dame if I'm if uh, we're making bold predictions my bold prediction is Ben Simmons goes out and Dame Lillard comes in in a multi team trade that is involves at least one other team. I dig it. I think the key words you said is if all parties agree and look, there's just this weird thing with Dame in Portland. He loves it there. He I think has, that's bullshit. I think he loves his money and I think he'll get paid the same contract he's on regardless of where he is. He's been. I, a, a, a video game cover athlete in Portland this entire time. I'm really, I, I'm listening to what he said. If you're saying it's bullshit, fine. I just I I think he would have asked for a trade by now. If I I if, believe uh, Woj's reporting. Out. I believe Woj's reporting that that all of that stuff about loving Portland and this and that was all posturing to get himself paid. And I now, think the Woj report is the Olshi thing, right? Yes. Where Olshay was. That's where I also. That's where I take it with a grain of salt that it's a guy upset he got fired, throwing the guy that he did everything for under the bus. I listen. I don't know. We'll see. I just if you're Dame, I think reality has probably set in right now that no one is giving you that contract extension because I think we're at the point now where like you're not unless you unless ownership forces whatever executive is going to run that team, whether it's the interim guy they have now or they hire next, unless ownership says. I don't give a fuck what you do, but Damian Lillard is never going to wear a uniform other than the Portland Trailblazers uniform. Unless ownership does that, I just mm-hmm. don't see why an executive would be like, okay, here's a hundred and whatever million dollars to play for us when you're 35 and 30, whatever it is, years old. I just don't see that. That's not a, like, no one's going to do that. They're going to want to trade him now when you could get whatever you can get for him now. Like the time, like the writing is on the wall. 
Um, I, I added the caveat of if all parties are involved, just to just to bring up the fact that Dame has consistently refuted. If he is involved, that is the the other actual obvious one that Portland and Philly seem like obvious trade partners, obvious trade assets for Dame. Um, and then yeah, Portland, uh, excuse me, Philly then has Embiid and Dame, and that changes my thoughts on the ceiling of what the Bucks can do this year. So you would, you like a Sixers core of Dame and Embiid more than the Bucks? Oh yeah, I, wait, the Sixers are playing man down, but they were the ones going to the playoffs last year, and then their point guard decided he didn't want to shoot in the fourth quarter. Like that happened still. And the Bucks. <laughs> that was like, the thing that happened. Like as much as I was impressed by Giannis in the finals, let's not pretend that they weren't two two facing the the Hawks. Like Okay. Like I'll make it there, a there is a world where the Sixers get to the conference finals and then like they have answers for Giannis. They have bodies to throw at him. Okay, I'll make an addendum. If the Sixers do trade for Dame, I I, I would pick them to win the championship. I would too. I think the the more obvious bold pick, which is weird because of the two dominant teams this year being in the West, I think both of us think the Eastern Conference is going to have the NBA champion this year. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think it's if Philly gets steam, if Kyrie gets vaccinated, if the Bucks get there again, I, I think one of those three teams will, will win the title this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perfect segue to my next bold prediction. My third, okay. my third bold prediction. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm ready to put this out into the open. Um, it's bold, right? It's just bold predictions. That's all it is. I wonder if it's the one of the ones I had ready to, to drop before if I was going to make a top three. So go ahead. I'm ready to hear it. I think you're going to hear Donovan Mitchell trade buzz oh. before the end of the year. 
before the end of the year. Oh, before the end of the calendar year. I agree. Before the end of the calendar year. I agree. Yes. Um, the Jazz right now are they've surpassed the Warriors. They have the best net rating in basketball. Um, they are only two back in the loss column. Um behind uh, both Golden State and Phoenix. Uh, they're actually, they're just two games back, uh, f- full stop. They profile as a team that should march to the one seed uh, yet again, because they were the one seed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, if you tune into their games, and I know you occasionally do tune into their games because you watch League Pass like I do, mm-hmm. you will hear their announcers complain about how like the jazz are like letting another team back in their game because they're just going on autopilot. And like, you could look at that in one of two ways. You could look at it as like, all right, well, this is a team that knows they're better than everybody. And it's just like, kind of, we get to the postseason, which, okay, fine. Or you could look at it as like, there are signs of concern here that are, there has been years worth of evidence for, and you know, me, when I listen to my NBA podcasts, my uh, get ready, get your drink, my, my low post and my, my hoop collective, um, you know, and like it, you constantly hear little drops of tidbits of morsels of like, eh, keeping an eye on Utah. And then we got the Ainge hiring just now or a week or two ago, whatever it was like, I just, I think they're going to lose in the playoffs again. And I think when they lose in the playoffs again, and and at that point, by the way, Donovan Mitchell will have, he has four years left on his contract, but really three years because the final year is a player option. So 2022, 2023 will be when he could start laying the foundation for like, okay, guys, I'm it's, you know, let's see what you got. So, the, the Jazz remind me a lot of the the Blake, DeAndre, Chris Paul, Reddick, Clippers, where I think they they know their ceiling, and they're like a really good regular season team that, like they know, like in their heart of hearts, they know they're not they're not that guy, right? They know that no. they're not a team that's ever going to seriously compete for a title. They're not a team that's ever going to seriously compete for a conference. They might make a conference final one year. Maybe the better. I think they can make a conference final this year. But really, you think they can get past Phoenix? Yeah, Golden State? Well, no, if they don't, they may not have to, if they're the number one seed and they're playing the oh, fucking Grizzlies or the, you know, or the, well, like, I don't know if I have a prediction specifically about him. Well, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe I'll make that another prediction. I, I have a few in my head. I just don't know which ones I want to set use as my five. Yeah, they could lose in the second round, but like I, I think they could also make it to a conference finals. Okay, I look at that. They'd have to get the one seed in order to do that. I think they'll end up being a, the two or the three, and being like a game or two behind those those two, one of the two juggernauts. Um, and as a result, I think I would take one of them two over Utah, which then lends to the trend that this is not a team to take seriously come playoff time, you know? Yeah. Um, Which then yeah, adds I, to Mitchell's then frustration of like, am I just going to live in Utah and never make a conference final the majority of my I, career? I think it's 
like I have his, he's one of the few, very few, I think he actually might be the only non Nick I have on notifications for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, no LeBron. No, I, no. <laughs> I thought you're being serious. For a second. No, 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 of course not. Um, half of his tweets, at least actually probably more than half of his tweets are about the Mets because mm-hmm. his dad, I believe still works Work, for the organization works for the Mets. Yeah. And then you'll get the occasional tweet in which he is quote tweeting um, something about somebody who did some stupid fucking racist thing in Utah, you know, where he plays and works and lives and has just by all accounts, some of the most abhorrent human beings. And you could say the same thing about every NBA city, every, 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 there's, there, there are abhorrent people all over the, the, United States of America and We're the globe talking on a day that a quarter of a fan base was happy that a player on their team got COVID. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. there is, that is a thing. It's a thing. So I, you know, again, not that I should put that past any fan base, but like it's really out there and out in the open in Utah in a, in a way that I think probably is bothers Donovan Mitchell. So yeah. Yeah. Now we're, we're in agreement about, the the fit not being great. Um, I mean, there, that's that exists around the league a little bit, though. Like Jalen Brown in Boston is another example. Um, literally any uh, player that is uh, any black player that plays in Indiana has always found that an issue. Um, that's true. Reggie Miller, notwithstanding, uh, you know, there's there's these pockets that that that's that's going to matter a little bit. Um, as far as a basketball standpoint is concerned, I wonder also if the East Coast has always been on Donovan Mitchell's mind. And, you know, it, we'll see what happens with the Knicks the rest of the year. But if they can Whoa. get to a seven or a six seed and then this offseason, he's officially fed up. Although you said 2022-23 is, is more the year. So maybe... We're I think, having this conversation a, a year early. I think know? we're going to hear the rumors that in the year ahead. And I, I'm not even sure he's the only young player that we're going to hear stuff about. I think SGA's name will be out there in the year ahead. We already talked about the Aaron Fox. It would not shock me if Trey Young's, and not because the Atlanta Hawks would want to trade him, but I, it wouldn't shock me if Trey Young, if we, we got some murmurings from his camp um, in the year ahead. Like all of these, all of these young players, like, Everything seems to be wonderful in Phoenix right now, but at some point, I do wonder: Is Booker going to? Because he has he he has only two years left on his contract after this year. I think this is a conversation more for a year from now when we're doing yeah. the in for twenty twenty three bold predictions. You know? Yeah. No, I, I I understand that, but um, you know, because you got the server of it all, and like mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul is not going to play like this forever. Well, you know, all that stuff. Um. Okay, should we move on to the next bold prediction? Number four, go right this ahead. Is, this is number four. So I have, I have a, I have a couple others, but I. Oh, mm. There's a whopper that I'm wondering if you're willing to drop on people, or if you're even thinking about it. I'll save it for last if you don't say it. Give, no, give me the team you're thinking of. It team that plays in the West Coast. Oh, something about the Lakers. Yeah. It would be a bold prediction to say it. What? Like they don't make the playoffs or something? That they trade LeBron James. That's not going to happen. There's zero percent chance they trade LeBron. I think there's, there's no zero percent cha- chance. There's no way that they're they're so screwed up financially in the salary cap that there's no 
there's no way that LeBron's like, listen, it might actually be the best thing for us if I'm not playing the remainder of my prime as a 38 year old that or a 37 year old that's averaging 38, eight and eight. And we're not winning games. You know, we're having to struggle against games in, in Houston and then not winning games in Memphis that maybe like we've gone all in. We won our championship, the pandemic hit and it ruins like he's a calculated guy. I can't see why that's not in play that he'll look elsewhere and try to work out a trade. I think there are only two other teams that LeBron James would ever play for Mm -hmm. The, the Knicks and whichever team drafts his son. And we're what we're three years away from that. I don't, I don't follow that closely enough. So we're not near the second thing and the Knicks are not in a position to make that kind of trade right now. I also don't think he'd ever play like Leon. Okay. You're making the Leon connection there, right? I don't even think, I just think like LeBron's clearly a narrative guy. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think there's only four or five organizations in the league that he ever really would envision himself like putting on the uniform. And I think the Knicks are one of them. I think, you know, I mean, it's obviously been reported that there was real interest in 2010, there were just reasons why he went in a different direction. You're thinking um, correctly and like, well, where would they trade him to? I'm saying if it came out at any point in 2022 that LeBron James has not requested a trade, I, but I would be so. open to a trade. I don't think Lakers we're going to go a different direction. I don't, I don't it think it wouldn't we're shock me. I, it, it would shock me okay. completely. It would completely shock me. Um, so I'll go a different direction here. Um, I want to pick a team that is going to come out of nowhere and do some damage in the playoffs that no one's going to think about mm -hmm. picking before the playoffs. Perhaps I have gotten burned by this team several times in the last few years and in, 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 well, actually maybe not because there's a lot of people who were like, you need to start doing a daily Mavs tracker oh, when wow. they were when they were eight and 14 last year about their pick. And I'm like, guys, don't fall for it. This team's going to be fucking fine. And sure enough, from that point forward, they were one of the 10 best or actually like seven or eight best teams in basketball. If you go by net rating, um, but I'll do it again. And maybe this is my reverse jinx attempt subconsciously. I think the Mavs are going to put it together. I think Luke is going to put it together. And I think the Mavs are going to do some serious fucking damage in the playoffs. And I think they will win at least one playoff series. And it would not shock me if they won more than one playoff series and potentially even, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like the Mavs are going to win the West. Uh huh. That's a, I can't do that. But we were just talking a minute ago about like Utah not getting out of the second round. Like right now, the Mavs are five games back of the Grizzlies and the Mavs have played like absolute dog shit this year. The Mavs right. have played about as bad as you can imagine, um, you know, if to, for them to get to the five seed, they're a game and a half back of the five seed. The Nuggets are in the five tied with the Clippers. And then you got the Lakers, Mavs and Wolves, all 11 games back of first. Um, and then after that, you got the Spurs who are, who are 14 and 19 at, at the moment. Your and Spurs. Then you, your, my Spurs. Your, my San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs. Spurs. Yes. Um, do I think the Wolves are going to make a leap? No. Do I think the Lakers are going to figure their shit out? No, I don't. The Clippers, I've lost Paul George. The Nuggets can't seem to get their shit together. They're a, a maddeningly inconsistent team, despite Nikola Jokic's greatness. And then Memphis, could Memphis hold on to the four seed? Oh, yeah, sure. Am I going to, if I, who am I picking between the Mavs and the Grizzlies in the second, in the first round of the playoffs? I'll give you one guess. And then, you know, if it's, if it's Dallas, Utah in the second round, 
I know who I'm picking there. And hey, Utah. So I will bring up what was said to me when with my second pick in the wins draft at the beginning of the year, I took Dallas Mavericks. And my counterpoint to any the Mavericks will do damage in the playoffs prediction is two words. And it's Jason Kidd. That's so is Jason Kidd detrimental enough that he will neuter Luka Doncic? Because like if you're if you're paying attention, Luka Doncic had a bad year. Yes. Luka Doncic came to camp. I don't know what report you want to believe. It, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds overweight, whatever yeah. it is. Out of shape being the bigger, bigger issue. Like it's not even like if you put on some muscle, like there was ways to come in overweight, but it'd be like, oh, this is now how I'm gonna play. He's out of shape. Like the cardio is the bigger issue for me. Yeah. And he's like not getting back on defense mm-hmm. and you know, all kinds of shit. I'm looking up his stats right now. So, so bear with me because he's they're averaging. Uh, he's average. I, I don't care what, what he's averaging in terms of like oh, points, rebounds and assists. Going, I can, I can give a shit less about that. Okay. He's 51.1 effective field goal percentage by comparison sake. Last year he was 55. He's shooting 32.6% from deep, which is about mm-hmm. his career number. Last year he was at 35%. Um, from two from his overall field goal percentage is excuse me his two point field goal percentage fifty two point six percent last year fifty six point seven the year before that fifty seven point four. Um, he is not getting to the line at all. He is averaging five and a half free throw attempts a game two seasons ago. That was nine point two, mm-hmm. shooting under seventy percent from the line. Like he has not been good. I think he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to be like, oh, all you people, like, I'm not an all star starter or like, I'm not going to win him. I'm not going to make all NBA. Fuck all of you. (laughs) I'm the best player in the sport today. And he's just going to go on a, on a rampage. Now, that's my prediction. For those of us out there that do care about the counting stats, still averaging 25, eight and eight. Um, to John's point, though, it's not an efficient 25, 8, no. and 8, or 25.6, 8, and then 8.5 assists. Um, I, I, mm, I'm not going to doubt Luca here. I do think the, the minor edges that show up in the playoffs that make a difference is coaching. And then, like, your sixth and seventh and eighth man. And, like, that would be a team I would see. Utah getting past in the second round is is Dallas. Hey, you know, it's interesting though, this whole crazy kid thing of like, I'm gonna empower the rest of the roster. Like, I'm not saying it's worked. <laughs> it I'm not sure I'm not it, maybe it hasn't not worked. I I like uh, you know what? <laughs> push, push. <laughs> It wasn't English. I'm not sure it's worked, but I'm sure it has it not. I'm not sure it has it not worked. Um, Like Porzingis seems, although it was funny after the Kings hit the dagger on them last night to Mm -hmm. win at the buzzer, Porzingis had like a smug smirk on his face, which was like just an interesting reaction. Like he was, you could see him like he was literally, they took him off the court because you have to hide. You have to take him off the court for defense purposes now. But like, geez, he was right behind Metu when he hit the three and he just had like, it was probably more like, of course, that went in because what else could go wrong this season type of look 
which I don't know what that says about his level of engagement. But like, by the way, Christoph Porzingis, 27.8 three point percentage for the season. I know. It's not good. Yeah. It's all going, it's all gone horribly. And yet they still have a positive point differential somehow, you know? And like, I don't know. They've, they've injuries, COVID. Reggie Bullock's been one of the worst players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, Although ironically, sign- ironically, Bullock's been a bad signing, but Frank is almost yeah, made Frank's- up for the productivity, which is hilarious to every single Knicks fan. It's hilarious on a lot of levels. Yes. Um, they have a trade in them. I think that's the they- argument then. They have I a think, trade in them. I think they have a trade in them. They have movable salaries. I don't think it's a Porzingis trade, although I wouldn't rule it out. Um, like th- somebody will talk themselves into KP if they want to move him. Um, yeah, but I listen. Um, I've been wrong about them so many times, uh, and I'll probably be wrong about them again. But if there's a team, like I wanted to make a bold prediction about a team that I thought was going to not come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but like be a team that like it's a bold prediction to predict they're going to do stuff in the playoffs, and that is the team that I'm predicting. Then my candidate for that. Would be it's not even bold to say like okay Denver I think could make the conference well, finals again. No, that that's know. the other team. That's the other team. Okay, and I I think Murray has to come back, right? Yeah, I think you like if to. Murray if Murray comes back, you're right. Like how bold is it? Right, that's the part. Is like yeah. okay, they got their second best player back. I predict if they get their second best, it's, it's the Warriors thing. I yeah. predict if their second player comes back and looks like a Hall of Famer, then yeah. they'll win the title. You know. I I see more next year as as Denver's year, um, but you know we'll we'll see. Um, so the last one I want to predict either, and I have some candidates for both. And again, I'm 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 working through the process here. I want to predict either a team that's going to jump out of nowhere, jump up out of nowhere, and be a team to be reckoned with at the start. Like, so when we're doing this pod next year, Mm -hmm. the team that we're talking about after 35 games or a player that jumps up and is like, Oh, this is the next superstar. Okay. And I'll start with the second conversation because I think it's the more difficult one because looking around the league right now, other than like the two obvious names, I think, which are Evan Mobley and Kate Cunningham, mm-hmm. I don't see a young player who I'm like, there will be a massive leap from how we look at this player today versus how we look at this player a year from now. Do you see another player besides the two rookies who I just named? Uh, so it'd have to be someone from the last two drafts that takes a I, leap. Is well, saying, I right? mean, or or three I, drafts, if you want to, I was, I was that far. but like, what if like, is there a world where Shea Gilles, Gilgis Alexander establishes himself as a no doubt about it top ten NBA player Ooh. in the next calendar year? Not on that team. I think that team I, is going to hold him back from any level that he could get to. Which is the I think that's why they gave him the extension. But it's also why I feel bad for him taking the extension because like, you're not going to turn down that money, but you're also going to be stuck being in the bottom four of the lottery every year. Like, uh, yes, I, I completely, agree. I don't see it for that reason too. You know, I think about a guy like, like I look at situations, right? So like we just talked about Sacramento before mm-hmm. if Sacramento trades, Darren Fox does Davion Mitchell 
like step into that role. Oh, and Halliburton was going to be the guy I said that's I another guy who's okay, an interesting yeah. name to put put into this conversation. They have two two candidates, which is mm-hmm. interesting. You know, um, I don't know. I I I don't feel. I don't feel strongly enough about any of these names to be like, that's the guy I'm planting my flag on um, as the guy who's going to make a, a leap from here on in. I think mo- I think if I had to plant a flag, I like are the Cavs a one seed contender for next year. That's the led thing. by is Evan it, Mobley. Is there a possibility we're sitting here a year from now and the Cavs are the best team in the East? or neck and neck for the best team in the East where Evan Mobley is like in the MVP conversation. Well, after they've traded Garland Sexton and all their picks for LeBron James, then yeah, the Cavs I, I'm coming home again, you know, I, I'm coming home again, again. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that, that was, sorry. That would be like the, I don't even know. What, this would uh, be his I've third left. stint in, in Cleveland. So it could be coming home again, again. No, but it's just, it's, but here's the other thing is like why I think that they, yeah, I, th- I think you know what? Fuck it. I think let's go with this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hedge, and it's gonna be a little bit of an Evan Mobley prediction, and a little bit of a Cavs prediction. And I think the reason, the reason why is because they have a trade in them. They have a very easy trade in them, and I don't know what the trade is, but they have Kevin Love's salary. Mm-hmm. They have now Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, which again, that's becomes complicated because obviously he's not playing again this year. And they have Isaac Okoro, who I think right now Isaac Okoro has the value that Nick fans would like RJ Barrett to have. I'm just going to put it out there. Savage. Is Am I wrong? No, it's real. I just, it's savage. Yeah. Like that's a, that is a young, big, athletic wing who shows signs of being able to do real stuff. And um, I don't know what he is, but I could see some team looking at him and being like, what is that guy going to be in three years? So just for, for where we're at right now, he's played 24 games this year. He started 20. Um, He still can't shoot it. um, Only taking three threes a game. He's still last season, 29% this season up. hair under 30%. So it's not like he's made a jump there. Um, better overall shooting better from two point range, a little bit more efficient counting stats are like not going to blow you away. Nine points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, you really have to know. watch the Cavs to see when, when a coral goes off. Cause when he goes off, it's a lot like what we saw from Garland or reddish two years ago, where it's like, Oh, there are moments here where this looks like a guy that can be the best player on the floor at times. Um, so that that's where Coro shows flashes like that. Um, I think there is some like early two thousands Timberwolves in this Cavs team, which is goes back to the Mobley comps of Garnett that have been flying around out there. And it's where, look, this is, this is bold, right? It's if bold. you wanted to say that there's also a, this decade's bucks, run in the Cavs where a small market team built around one guy. Mobley's not the dominant force Giannis is, but defensively well be able to become that. Hold you on. Know? Hold wait, hold on with that. Offensively. Mobley's, offensively. No, I I'm saying hold oh, on. Okay, with you're that. thinking. Okay. Dude, this guy, man, as a rookie, a young rookie, he's not an I don't think he's an old I'll I'll look up his age right now. Um 
but I, I he's already doing some stuff with the ball that like yeah and and defensively mm-hmm. he's 20 years old so he's not the youngest of, of rookies um he's also not an old rookie or anything but I if I don't you know it, then maybe that is the bold take for that we wrap up on is that Evan Mobley could be on a Giannis trajectory and do for Cleveland what Giannis has done for Milwaukee and kind of kind of read redirect the course of the league where it's like, you got to go to a big city and build a super team or you can build your own thing in a small market and still be successful because you you drafted correctly. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. And I think he has a chance to be one of the best, one of the best draft picks of the last several years. Um, You know, yeah, right up, right up there with Luca, right up there with Trey young. Um, who am I missing? Uh, ja. You know? Who? Ja, ja Morant. Oh, Ja Morant's pretty good. Yeah, he's all right. Beat the... Beat, went head-to-head with LeBron last night. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, he's... he's. We didn't bring... We didn't make any bold predictions about Ja Morant. Because I think it's not bold to say Ja Morant's really good. <laughs> you know, at this point, he's established himself. We're yeah. a month late. We're a month later from, or a month removed from having the is John Morant a, a second team All NBA player? You can't see it, guys, but I'm going to expose it because YouTube will uh, expose it for those watching. Uh, John is, is a cat in there. You just had like a sneeze off that you. No, made. I just I don't. All of a sudden, I started sneezing. I don't know. Why. Uh, okay. Um, you have any allergies? I'm allergic to bee stings. Oh no! Wow. Yeah. That's I'm bad. supposed to carry an EpiPen around with me at all times. I don't do it. That, I should. That, that's like, that's terrifying then. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I watched, because uh, for the Matrix pod, I've been going through the Wachowskis and okay. I hate I hate bees so much. I had an experience when I was a kid where we had a shed in our backyard that okay. not was like, was never used, but it was like old and raggedy. And I climbed on top of the roof of that shed once and my knee crushed a hive. And my first experience with bees was all of them being upset that I crushed their hive. And since then, I, I just, I'm out on bees. Every time the Knicks beat the Hornets, it's a, it's a double win for me because they also beat the Hornets. That's, you know? that's hysterical that that's, you that, just said that out loud. Yeah, I'm glad you found that funny. I did not find the that Hornets funny. part of it is very funny. Too. Oh, the Hornets funny. Thank you. You're welcome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I don't know how we got off. Uh, oh, yeah, because me sneezing. Allergies. Yeah, that's all. We're toward the end of the pod, so I agree. My bold 
prediction is that LeBron James will play on a different team in 2022. I I think he's he's established. He can be like, I don't know what the trade is. It just would not shock me if he's looking around and it's like, damn, I like he's left teams in his dust before. Look at the Cavaliers. Look at the heat where he's like, you have to move heaven and earth to make me happy while I'm there. I'll be the same guy for four years there. This is year four of the Lakers. I would like to see him actually. Go ahead. Where's he going? That's the issue is the where. I don't know yet. We'll see teams suddenly have cap space or become what are the potential trade partners? Son's going to do a, you know, DeAndre Jordan, uh, DeAndre Jordan. My God. DeAndre, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton uh, sign trade and Lakers are going to go Lake, Lake, yeah, right. Lakers yeah. are going to go uh, Twin Towers and LeBron's going to go play with his buddy Chris Paul and uh, for Robert Sarver of all Only people. Only if the Lakers throw in Carmelo Anthony. So <sighs> three, four, three quarters of the banana boat. Dwayne Wade then, will sell his stock in the Jazz and then come out of retirement. Yeah. And then the banana boat finally gets to play together. I just, I don't see. I'm literally looking at the standings right now. I don't see that. I, I, I said it. I, and I'm not trying. I, I didn't say that because it's a, it's a Knicks podcast. I believe mm-hmm. the only other team he would ever play for. Again, aside from whoever drafts his son. If I don't even know if his son's definitely going to draft it, but is it? You wouldn't play for Philly? I don't, I don't believe he would. Okay. But he played for, play for Dolan, but he wouldn't play in Philly. I don't think he gives a fuck about the one. If you played for, if you played for, uh, what's the owner's name? Oh, Dan Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, but it, that was there was baggage there. That was Cleveland. He did Cleveland wrong. He had to go, quote unquote, write that wrong. I don't think he cares. I think he cares about narratives. That's all he cares about is narratives. He's a millennial. Of course, that's all he cares about. <laughs> you say that like, are you? You're technically not a millennial. Are you a millennial or you're Gen X? I'm, I'm a year old. He just turned 37, right? He yeah. turns 37 today as we're recording this. Yes. Happy birthday, LeBron. James. Happy birthday, LeBron. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm only a year. <laughs> I'm only a year older than him. Uh, so I, I just realized why you're so dismissive of this take because you don't, you don't care. You don't want, you don't care where LeBron plays. You're no, not, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay. Should you I? Think he's won his last. No, I, I, I think if LeBron James becomes available and he's still averaging 27, seven and seven in year 19. No, that, the guy's been great. I put yeah. him on the uh, last week. I mm-hmm. did the pod with Chris. I put him on my second team all NBA. Yeah. I, I think, I think that would add a wrinkle to this off season where it's like, Oh, there's no big, big free agents available. If all of a sudden adding to the potential superstars that could get moved after the Lakers missed the play in or lose as like a nine seed. You know, that we look at the Lakers and it's like, well, what's the obvious move? And LeBron's like, well, what if what if you tore it down a little bit and I'll go play for I, a different team? I just don't see where LeBron is going to look and be like, that situation gives me a definitively better chance to win a championship than playing with Anthony Davis. He would, I think LeBron would essentially have to be out on Anthony Davis because, like, this isn't LeBron leaving a whatever I forget how old Dwayne Wade was at the time when he left Miami to go play with, you know, like that. He, Wade was kind of at the end of his, like, his, he was at the end mm-hmm. of his prime. His prime was over. Yeah. Bosch, Bosch's prime was like pretty much nearing its end. Like, Anthony Davis is what I don't know how old he is. He's 20 years old. Something like that. So the the argument that is 
Philly, I actually think now that I'm starting to work on the take even more, maybe Philly is like a sneaky destination for LeBron. So Simmons for LeBron is that, is that what you're calling? Yeah, right now? Simmons wanted to go play in LA. Rich Paul would absolutely set that up. I I don't even know. <laughs> I broke John's brain. <laughs> the look of like, why are we having this conversation? It's eleven o'clock on the uh, December thirtieth. Andrew, what putting are you a, to me? Putting aside the notion of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook on the same team, yes, which is just make it work. Make it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> Fizz. Yeah. Let's fire yeah, Vogel Fizz and give Fizz that assignment. Here you go, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny you want another is another like, chance. I I'm happy. Oh, listen, it's a bold prediction just to be like, LeBron's going to reenter the, the trade machine. I'm trying to think what's the transfer portal. That's the, what college calls it. Um, it's just like a bold thing that LeBron, I'm, his body language being the biggest case is just not happy in LA and the way he usually gets his way when he doesn't like his situation is he leaves. And I wonder if this is the situation, if this is how he gets out of the situation is all of a sudden LeBron James is available. Um, I don't actually think they're going to trade LeBron James either. I think he signed that extension knowing he's going to be playing next to Anthony Davis for a while. He just now has a Russell Westbrook thing that he, did not realize like the rest of us, how I mean, like, the rest I'll, of us did would I'll, be so detrimental to that team. I'll say this. I don't think the the Lakers, we, we get in the pod with just some Lakers talk. I don't think, cause like it, it, I mean, say what you want about, I don't know any of anything in the NBA this season. The biggest story of the NBA in the season is the Lakers. Is there even a close second? I, as far as disappointments, no, no, I think just over, like, yes, Cleveland, wonderful what they're doing. Um, oh, just like the Warriors being the back. Warriors yeah, like there are back, other but, stories, but like it's but like, yeah, the Lakers. Everything that's happened to them this year, you like, pick them first in the wins pool. We all thought like they're not going to win a title, but they're going to be a one seed. They are two games under five hundred. We yep. have we have played thirty five fucking games, or excuse me, thirty six games. They have played thirty six games. They are two games under five hundred. They have a negative two point one. Scoring margin. They have a worse net rating on the year than the fucking Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Who suck? And it's like not a close net rating than the Knicks. They're negative 2.1. The Knicks are negative 0.7. Yeah. I think the Knicks have had problems this year. They don't have LeBron, AD, run Russell Westbrook. Look, I mean, they're that far in net rating. You know, whenever Zach Lowe talks about the Lakers, um, do you still have anything left in your cup? Nah, Um, I'm out. Shout he out meant, to the town hall. I'm all the way out of stuff, but I'll, I'll you should have refilled. It. He mentions, um, he mentions the, I forget what the net rating is, but with like those three on the court and like no center, it's still, you know, it's like, I don't know what it is. Positive three points, something four point. It's like, it's not terrible. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. But like, I don't know. I, they, they don't have any more rabbits left to pull out of their hat. Um, I think on, was it the wind horse pod? They were talking about, Taylor Horton Tucker. What I forget. I, I get my ESPN oh, pods God. confused. Yeah. But, and they were talking about like, well, it was whatever, whoever Marks was on with, I think it was, it was windy. The notion of like, would you trade Taylor Horton Tucker? And I think it's like a 20, uh, 28 first or 2027 20, first or something like that. I'm like, what value does Taylor Horton Tucker have right now? That you ask the Lakers and he's got a higher value than most assets. He's up there with Ben Simmons for, 
potential yeah, right? playmakers. In the oh, league. that's who they were talking about. Jeremy Grant. Like, oh, could the Lakers get like, is, what, is Jeremy Grant going to make a, a difference? Mm. Like, I, it's like they're old and none of these guys that they have are going to make a material difference. Like, and I, I don't, I don't know. Um, could you imagine if there were LeBron to the next rumors of the summer? Oh, dear God. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Dan, now you broke my brain. Cause I don't even Why? know what, cause I don't even know what the trade would be. It would be, it would be LeBron's last attempt. It would be LeBron, LeBron's one last attempt to make a super team in which the Knicks would be the host of said super team. Man, if William Wesley pulls that off, man, <laughs> if William Wesley pulls that off, we get like three years to do content for the Le- LeBron James and the New York Knicks. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I do. That that's an appropriate way to end this marriage, this late night. It's Patreon not on New Year's Eve. Do you think that's insane? I, if I'm opening Pandora's box into LeBron can be traded, then no, I don't think it's that insane. It, actually, that is, no. You're right. That is one of the options is it, the Knicks have been there. They have all the assets to go get a big star. No, oh, look. It, a big star whose agent now runs the team. No, here's you know? why it's in, here's why it's insane. Well, no, it's not. Here's why it's insane. It's so that there's they free agency isn't a thing this summer because there's no free agents and one yeah. and two nobody has any money. Um, so you'd be anything you'd be doing would be via trade. So like, what's you could tr- you could you they have enough stuff to trade for two guys. Like they have enough stuff to trade like to LA and they have enough stuff to trade to get who, who the, who the fuck would the second star be? That's so a you're saying they you. have to get LeBron and Melo back in the deal. So they have two stars and <laughs> you are relentless. Yeah. <laughs> you are relentless with the, with the, uh, the utter nonsense. Yes, I know. I try. Um, Wait, Ben Simmons is represented by Rich Paul, right? By Rich Paul. Yeah. That's the other part is that maybe Rich Paul does his buddy that like works the pulls the strings and and works a deal out for Ben Simmons. He gets to go to LA. LeBron gets to go play with Embiid. Maybe there's another team that gets involved. And, oh no, I'm saying Ben Simmons and LeBron both in New York. Oh, so you okay. That goes back to my division thing. Like, why would like, why would Daryl Morey allow for that to happen unless he's tearing some stuff down? Because he, Rich Paul said it has to happen. Yeah, but Rich Paul said trade Ben Simmons for the entire month of September. You know, it and didn't he, happen. And he, didn't he trade would, Ben Simmons. And he would trade him if anybody has a had a thing to trade for him. <sighs> this Listen, Daryl just is, wants his guy to play alongside and beat. If he could get his guy in some kind of a three-team trade, he doesn't give a fuck where. I don't think he cares where Ben Simmons so goes. That's what it has to be. It's a three-team deal with a you like you obviously said, the Knicks it's a give somebody deal. assets. Yeah. The Knicks get the Knicks give somebody else assets. Somebody else gives Julius. A Julius goes back to L.A. Gets oh, the play God. alongside Anthony Davis. See, this is where as we wrap up 2021, this is where getting to do podcasts with you a little more intimately, John, and seeing the evolution of John Macri over the years into a legitimate like broadcaster That's is really true. cool. Just say thank you. Um, thank you. Is the cool part in that 
I started this pod with the mission of just bullshitting you with like LeBron to the late LeBron could uh, be traded. That's a that's a bold take. And you've now elevated the take to LeBron to the Knicks. That's a bold take, isn't it? Can you can you imagine when that happens and your slam cover behind you then has LeBron and Ben Simmons in Knicks uniforms on it? That would be that would be quite. <laughs> I probably about Obi Toppin. We're, uh, o- that's Obi the one they get to save. That's the one they get. That's the deal breaker. Deal breaker is the deal. Sorry, breaker. Rich Paul. Sorry, Daryl nope. Corey. Sorry. We'll, we'll include everybody but Obi Toppin. No, no, Obi. Obi. Yeah. Obi's, the, Obi's the key to making it all work. Yeah, that starting five of LeBron, Ben Simmons, Jericho Sims, Rokas, and me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, they'd actually, you know, real talk, real talk in this weird ass world we've created. Yes. You brought, you started this. I know, but like, you tell me Carmelo wouldn't come play a year in New York as a sixth man? I didn't need to tell you. You You just said it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. That, that, if that's the way I can get one more mellow season that matters, I'll, I'll take it. Just have to do the, the impossible. Go get LeBron and Ben Simmons to come play for the Knicks. But I mean, look, it's this is this is this is the end of the bold pod where we've created a situation that is like plausible. You said it before. If the Mm -hmm. Lakers are an eight seed or a seven seed and lose in the fucking play in or make the playoffs and get spanked in the first round and like, okay, great. So now you're like waiting for Russell Westbrook to expire in a year mm. and then, oh, wait, you don't open up any cap space because of the way your salary structures. It's like, like I I, agree. It, it, if he looks around and he's like, I can't win here. Does the fact that he gets to be in LA and have that situation, is that enough for him? Does he want to finish his career as a, if he is convinced that he will not finish his career in the finals conversation, does he make one last pivot? And does he have enough confidence in wherever he would be making that pivot to, to make the pivot? Because, because and I, I am serious about what, that's why I said what I said before, the Lakers have no more moves. Yeah. They're, they're in terms of what will material materially alter their championship equity. And to your point, it's not just that the Lakers have no more moves by but like as a result, LeBron has no more moves. So <laughs> the only move yeah. is to is not Lakers related, which is why listen, side talk, get it ready. Like the, the reaction when LeBron is suddenly a New York Nick next season. Good Look, Lord, man. Good well, Lord. Only only thing I know Cabernet, about the NBA. Where's Jeremy? Cavernoke Cab, Cab, the LeBron yeah. James play. Hold on. That, no, this is how we're going to end this. But I'm literally uh-huh. going to look up LeBron James's salary right now. Uh-huh. LeBron James birthday, LeBron James age, LeBron James stats, LeBron James salary. Here we go. 40. Is this right? Yeah. I mean, like a, like a super max. It's like a mega max at this point too, or a King max. I don't know what they call them past a certain point. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Um, Wait, super size max. That's right. Wait, he only. Hold on. Did he sign it? He, when did he sign an extension? He signed a second extension right after Anthony Davis did. That's why this take falls apart is that he's under contract for like all these years, which is why the Lakers 
probably are like, we'll just figure it out in two years if this Russell Westbrook thing doesn't work out. Um, yeah, I guess. But also, the Lakers have no more moves. And therefore, LeBron, his next move could be... Listen, if he wants team. to get traded, he's going to get traded. There's, there's no such thing as... as um, as LeBron James going to your to your team and being like, I'm going to leave now, and you saying no. That, How about that, no? Yeah, yeah. Like you're not you're not going to do that. So when did, his extension kicks in in 2023. Hold on, I'm like looking. He, oh so no, it's De- a two year extension. That's right. So his in last December year, of 2020, he signed a two year extension. That's what it is. He signed the extension because it was the same time AD signed a five year extension. So, yeah, so he's only under contract, he's only under contract until for two more years next. Yeah. So next season is he is a, he is expiring in 2023. He's only Yo, under contract for one more season. Expiring contract. LeBron James will be a free agent. Okay. I dig it. So maybe we're a year early. That so next year when we're doing it next that's year what, we're doing that's that's the, that's the take we found it remember how a year before KD's free agency it was like well maybe KD just has to the way he solidifies his legacy as he goes to the Knicks and then we had a whole year of KD to the Knicks rumors hold on LeBron, LeBron James to the Knicks rumors will start at some point in 2022 no we're, we're it's starting right now it's right here and then- that's right it started in 2021 <laughs> and I want the credit for it just like I want the Dame Lillard credit damn it. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm ready to go if you're ready. What <laughs> a ridiculous end to this ridiculous fucking conversation <laughs> in this ridiculous year. Yeah, ridiculous is a very apt word to describe this year. Oh my I had, god. I had fun though. I mean, this is a big year for us yeah. uh professionally. You could say that again. Yeah. I literally live in my dream job, John. You have a lot to do with that too. You, you, you likewise, yeah. you and me both. And of course, you know, well, it's had a lot to do with it. All of you guys mm. out there, guys and gals out there. Uh, thank you. We always, uh, always in the episodes with the thank you, but this is not only a thank you for right now. This is a thank you for just being with us when we, when we launched this Patreon, I don't know, at roughly a half a year ago. Um, we had no idea how it was going to go. And um, you have made it such that we're, we're, I mean, thank you. We it's just it's been amazing. And it's been a huge part of why 2021, despite everything happening around us, has been uh a really great year um for us that we at least have one thing that we can smile about is what we've built here at Next Film School. And every one of you listening is a massive, massive part of that. So um thank you. And I hope everybody has a great New Year's Eve. And I hope 2022 was a better year for uh for all of us, right? Yeah, a better year for the the planet. I, I don't even know what to, to say anymore. I was I on a pod know. today with a fellow Blue Wire podcaster, Dan Favalli, and we were talking about the, the current state of the pandemic. He asked about like my my situation, and I was just like, look, I think we're all somewhat out of answers or calls to action. It really is just like a thoughts and prayers. Like if you if you are sick, if your family is dealing with something, I yeah. hope you survive it. But there's no we all kind of seem like we're on our own from like an oversight perspective. And as a result, the, we're just kind of all dealing with it at the same time. But um, yep. the, the upswing that I'll leave on is to echo what John said. Like I went into 2022 with, excuse me, I went into 2021 with 
a little more certainty than I did 2020. Like 2020 was actually a really big year for me personally. And then 2021, I probably had the the biggest steps taken forward in my personal life and my professional life. Um, and it's it's what's led me to here. And a lot of it has to do with the the love and devotion and support that we get here at Nick's Film School. So thank you for that. Um, on behalf of Final Review, thank you for that. If you've embraced that show as well. Um, if you haven't, embrace it now. Thank you. Yes, John I, and myself. I have, I think, uh, two minutes to go in the Don't Look Up uh, pod. Man, you're not giving me enough credit for being shocked that that's Kate Blanchett. I did. I I know her name is in big bold letters. I rewatched it the other night with Rosina. I still just it. It was out of sight, out of mind. Who's in the movie? Because there's so many movie stars. And then looking up the list, the cast list to do the review with Oz, I was like, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. That was Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Listen so. to the pod. It's a great. It is. It's a top. Easily a top five moment of final review for me. Last thing. Well, we're on the topic of don't look up. I, it's funny. Um, I have to finish the newsletter for tomorrow. Not that it's going to be a long one. By the way, do you know? Do you know? Who, so tomorrow. So the end of the year newsletter. As I said earlier this week, I'm doing two abbreviated newsletters because I mm-hmm. just want to spend a little bit more time with the family. So tomorrow's is going to be the next person up on the top seventy five list. And do you know who it who it is? What number are you up to? Uh, I'll hold on. I'll look it up right now. Is it like a an old friend that we? It's a current. We, it's a current, current friend slash foe. You couldn't write this. Current friend slash foe. I'm up to number forty two. Is it KP? No, I had him at fifty. Oh, you did have him already. One or fifty-two, something. Oh, like so that. it's higher than that. You already had. You already said Derek Rose. Yeah. Um, Randall's not the no. Randall's got to be higher than that. Or is Julius? It's it's, it's Randall. Julius Randall is the forty. Oh wow! And I'm curious to the rest of the list. Wow, perfect timing. Julius Randall on the first day. Well, and I'm I, I, first day I'm that he write, doesn't get to play. <laughs> as I'm well, no, but here's the thing: as I'm going to write in the newsletter. I originally, I think I had him in the low twenties at some point. And then I think I, as the season got underway, mm, I moved him down sense. to the thirties and now it's like, I can't go any longer. I just got to get this out of the way because it's yeah. bad. And, um, yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know how we got, I just talking oh. about, Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. So I, I was, th- I was talking about a background viewing for mm-hmm. when I finished this newsletter and I'm, I, I find myself wanting to put on, don't look up, even though I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy the movie, but like my viewing of the movie and it was just why it was such an illuminating conversation listening to you guys talk about it because you hit on a lot of the things, but like Bernard found it hysterical because of like, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie and you'll, it's a very, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a satire of, of the way things are in the world today. But like, to me, every time, it, like one of those beats, comedic beats would land Instead of like laughing, I'd be like, okay, that's the way the world is. Yeah. It's, it's not funny to me. It's just the way things are. And I didn't find humor in it as much as I think some people did. The common critique, which is why the thing has been divisive amongst the, the critic world and like the film world, I mean, just all is fully divisive on Anna McKay across the board. But and by the way, the, the big short is one of my favorite movies the last 10 years. I think Easily. of the of the three, the Big Short's my favorite. But there's a 
there's a moment where don't look up becomes like an S an SNL digital short, you know, mm. but like a feature length one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence and all these yeah. movie stars. Yep. So like yep. you're in on the joke. The joke is obvious. And as all those notes hit, like I'm laughing and I'm admiring some of the performances, but I'm also the choir that is being yep. preached to, you know? And And that's the thing is it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. This is, this is probably going to come off wrong. I don't need to be preached to. Like, yeah. I know, I know who I am and I know my, my thoughts and positions on all this shit. So like that's, that doesn't add to my enjoyment. Yeah, of it. It's why the movie, I don't want to say it doesn't work. I think for what well, I but, think it's a, I think it's a venting session for a lot of these people that made the movie. It's not, they're not trying to teach anybody anything. They're yeah, just trying I to know. be like, I know. Look how much we've disregarded the smarter people than us because the people in charge have completely disregarded the more people than us. And then how we deal with that is we focus on the most immaterial things because we're trying to be happy and trying to stay light and positive. Yeah. And like, know? and like, again, I was watching the story unfold and I'm like, well, yeah, of course that's, like I didn't, I didn't view it as a satire. I view mm -hmm. it like, okay, that's the way the world. It's very works. literal. It's a satire, but it's like literal satire. So it's like know? I'm watching. It's like okay, I'm watching this, this, and it's I don't know. I I was probably as as close to getting depressed as I was to to, and yet and yet I brought it up because I'm sitting here to myself thinking like, you know what? I kind of want to put on that movie again. It's a decent background movie. I put on Tick Tick Boom, which is now it's become my background movie. Is Tick Tick Boom? Mm -hmm. You know. I, I had a little bit of background tic tac boom, I think a week or two ago, because uh, Dolores hadn't finished watching it. I still need to finish watching Power of the Dog. I still need to finish watching, mm -hmm. um, which I I fell I watched I got through twenty eight minutes of, and I fell asleep during those twenty minutes. Um, and then Matrix, which I also fell asleep during, but I made it through forty five minutes of that. Bravo! You made it I'm so it's so sad. I'm watching it. I'm watching Resurrections this Saturday. I did the trilogy, and then I had some other Wachowski stuff to watch. Oh, okay, um, so you haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Now I'm, I, the plan, which COVID had other plans this week, was that we would do our our pod earlier in the week. I would do the trilogy in prep for it, uh, and then for our bonus review over the weekend, I would it. watch the the final one in a theater this weekend, which is not happening anymore. No. Um, and then we will bonus review it for for Monday morning. Um, but you know, I. I don't know. This is a, a long outro, but I'm I'm I think it's a roundabout way that all of this gets to be for an audience that has bought into our show. And I I'm really glad with what I'm building over there, but I'm even even happier for what I'm helping to build here at, at Nick's Film School. Mr. Yeah, and, and if and if you have stuck around for this entire <laughs> 20 minute outro, God bless you. Really, seriously, thank you. And uh, everybody, happy new year and uh, God bless. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com